Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. So uh, today we have a guest speaker, and I'm really excited to have him here. We've spoken before, and I think that you're all going to be very interested in everything that he has to say. Uh, So our guest with us today is Dan McCarthy, and um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan? Okay, great. Um, I am uh, just your average 40-year-old guy. But I've always had a spiritual bent and have been delving deeper and deeper into it over the last few years. Um, very hard to define. Uh, I don't practice a particular structure of magic. Um, chaos magic is part of what I do. Very animistic in nature as well, being in touch with nature and the spirits. Um, and also very heavily influenced by elemental magic. Um, I tend to look deeper into the more raw form of the energy that's out there, whether you want to call it the divine or source or particular deities or what have you. Um, And I find that it, it, works well for me it sits well with my personality and my own personal energy um, as my way to relate to the rest of the world and universe i think that's really the key to the way that we work with magic is really our way to relate to everything else um i think that's a really great way to put it i want to talk to you a lot more about the chaos aspect of things but before we do that can you give us a brief explanation of what animistic means in relation to witchcraft and magic. Absolutely. Uh, To me, it's basically the concept that everything has a spirit. Everything has a, a, a energy imbued in it. The more natural it is, the more spirit it's going to have. But um, the way I try to look at it. If you imagine everything that is in existence and ever has been and ever will be in existence, that energy exists right now. And it's in everything around us, whether it's a tree, a crystal, a mountain range. um, You can narrow it down to say, this is, my house spirit that I'm in contact with, or this is the energy that's in a particular swamp. Um, I'm in Florida. I explore the swamps a lot. So I, I know places have their own personality and they have their own energy behind them. Um, so a lot of what I do is feeling that out, working with that energy Um, similar with the elements, uh, you know, earth, air, fire, water, uh, there's an energy behind those. And I believe we can tap into it. We can work with it. And it's not very structurally defined for me. I don't 
try to define things. I just know what it feels like and I know when it works. I think that's also key is that a lot of what we do is undefinable. You can't really explain the concept of tapping into some other energy and manipulating it. It's not really something that you can, you can say a plus B equals C because it doesn't. That's for sure. And one of the things I've noticed is I do a tremendous amount of reading and you'll see that there are, for every culture, there's even amongst individual cultures, there's multiple ways of getting in touch with that energy. And, you know, you hear talk of cultural appropriation, people using methods and things that aren't from their own culture, um, and yet they work. So um, how do you define it when there's so many different ways of doing it? And I think that's, for me especially, is the key of what does it feel like to me? Mm-hmm. Is it welcoming? Um, am I having to wrestle with this energy? I don't want to do that. Is it cooperative or is it completely neutral and it's just there as a tool for me to pick up and use? And as long as it feels right and it works, I really, I mean, that's the essence of what I do. I explore, I experiment. Um, Plenty of things don't work at all, and plenty of things surprise me with their effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So that is, um, that's a good topic to talk about, like using something like regardless of whether or not it's in your defined set of, you know, your grab bag of magic um sort of picking and choosing what you use and trying lots of different things that from my understanding is sort of the most basic explanation of what chaos magic is from from my reading on chaos magic um and i hesitate to just say i am a chaos magic practitioner but it That is one of the important parts of it. Um, A phrase that I've seen is that nothing is true. Everything is possible. Um, Uh That in and of itself, you, you can't say that if nothing is true, then that statement isn't true. But that's a whole philosophical argument for another time. The concept that... Rules, structure, um, cultural limits, these things uh, somehow limit or withhold your access to the energy that's out there and your ability to use it and embrace it. Um, that, That just doesn't sit right with me. I look at the universe is open source. That's the best way I can put that. Um, you need to know the language in order to use it, which in my mind is simply knowing how to open yourself up to it, knowing how to embrace it. And all of the various tools, whether you're talking about the traditional Wiccan tools of a 
Athame and a chalice and the pentagram, or you're going to talk about sage bundles and I don't know hardly anything about Native American tradition, but I know that's a big topic. Um, the methods that they use sage for cleansing, or you get into hoodoo and all of their tools. What it comes down to for me is all of those tools serve a purpose. They're not the truth. They serve a purpose to enable the practitioner to focus themselves to get that intent laser honed so that they can touch and manipulate that energy to get the result they're looking for. The tools mm -hmm. aren't unimportant. They are, but they're not the only way. So what works um, really to me, the issue I always see with this is cross-cultural things. Red in one culture might mean passion in another culture, it might mean death. A crow mm -hmm. in European culture is a harbinger of death and doom. In Native America, it's good luck. Those two things cannot mm -hmm. be true at the same time. What matters is the truth to the practitioner. Because your background, your learning, all of your preconceived notions go into determining what's going to work for you it's you're limited only by your own beliefs yeah i agree with that completely um and you know what i find really interesting is that <clears throat> there are so many things that cross cultures like naturally you know that how so many different ancient civilizations had the same you know kind of ideas and beliefs and did sort of the same the same things. Maybe they did them in slightly different ways, or their you know their creation stories maybe um, have differences. They're very clearly different, but they have a lot of similarities too. Um, not that I really believe in creation like that, but you know, I mean, it, it, there's there's just so so many similarities. Like um, I know that. Um, Appalachian uh, folk magic, Appalachian folk magic <laughs> uses um, bones, like reading bones, and that that also is a big uh, player in in like um, hoodoo uh, religions. So, but that they're not related necessarily. You know, I don't think it started off that someone, you know, a hundred years ago appropriated that from someone else. Right. And you see the same so, in deities. Um, not to go way off the rails here, but how many deities can you draw a line from uh, Greek to Roman to Norse? And there's a lot of similarities there. Um, not yeah. trying to say that they are the same. Sure. Um, so many, even Babylonian and Sumerian. Uh, I don't necessarily say that they're the same, but the people that were conceiving of these deities or first came into contact, depending on how you believe, could very well have been coming into contact with the same energies. 
Exactly. I think that's really the, the crux of what we're both um, getting at is the energies. Um, it's not just that people want to have something believe it, to believe in. Someone at some point experienced an energy that other people felt the same thing, you know? I mean, at some point there had to be something like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, let's call this thing that. Um, right. Yeah. So um, how? tell me, how do you... Um, how do you get in contact with that energy? Like, how do you connect to it? Okay. On a, with specific intent, I have a little bit of a process, but even if I don't have a specific intent that I'm trying to accomplish, I kind of feel like I almost always am in touch with it. I can feel what's going on around me um you can feel the energy when you walk into a room enter a new place um to me i think that's been mostly due to a lifetime of trying to be in touch with the energy around me mm -hmm. um so it kind of helps me be open to what's going on but when i have a specific intent or if i'm particularly tired or stressed or exhausted it becomes more difficult to feel that and mm -hmm. i will do simple things to center myself ground myself the terminology can differ depending on your point of view but typically it's lighting some incense my go-to is copal um and listening to music uh dark room basically meditating. Um, mm -hmm. And while doing that, I'm just feeling around me with my spirit, with my mind. Um, it, it is so difficult to explain, but some of its visualization, I can feel the energy in the earth. I can feel the energy in the air. Um, I uh, reach even lower. I mean, there's always water around us mm -hmm. and you know, fire. I've got incense burning right there. Um, feel that energy. And I kind of envision it cycling in me, mixing together. And that brings me very centered to what I'm going to, or, or whether it's just simply to feel it. And that's my intent and that's all I'm trying to do. Or I have a specific purpose. Um, if I'm trying to enact something very specific, sigils tend to be my go-to uh, simply because uh, I've tried them and they work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not a 100% success rate, but that's definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely my first inclination when it comes to trying to accomplish a specific thing. Well, I don't think anything in life has a hundred percent success rate. Um, so, so that's okay. And I'm glad that you said that about sometimes your intent is only to feel it. Um, Cause you know, I mean, I, when I'm having a particularly stressful period, I really cannot feel it. And I mean, I've talked about it on other episodes, you know, um, 
so it's a good reminder to, that sometimes the intent is just to feel it. You don't have to have any other intention. But you mentioned sigils, and I talked about that um, a little bit, very, very little bit on the last episode. So can you walk us through um, how you uh, how you go about using them? one? You know, how do you create it? How do you activate sure. it? Yeah. Um, so the first thing is knowing what you want to do in the first place. Um, that having that intent, um, say I am looking for a positive outcome at a discussion with my boss about getting a raise, I'm pulling this out of thin air here, but (laughs) if I'm looking to do that, I've got this focused in my mind. And the first thing I'm going to try and do is put this into a very simple phrase that focuses on exactly what I want and specificity is incredibly important. If you're not very specific about what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you may get exactly what you asked for and not quite realize what you asked for. (laughs) Yes. It's the sort of thing that's out there a lot. You see online where, Oh, I, uh, I wish to be rich. Yeah. And then an important family member to you is, is killed in a horrific accident and you inherit a lot of money. Yep. From them. Not what it's you the want. monkey's paw, monkey's paw. All exactly. Over. Exactly. So being very specific. So if I want to have a positive outcome in a meeting with my boss, am I going to focus on my ability to communicate? Am I going to focus on his ability to appreciate my work um, and value it? And that he has the ability to give me a raise. Uh, So I'm going to try and refine what is it that I really want to happen. Yeah, I want a raise. Um, But how do I get that? What's going to make that happen? So let's just say I think this over and I come down to I want my boss to value my work enough to give me a raise. Mm -hmm. I'm going to distill that down as far as I can. And there are several ways to actually create the physical sigil. Um, You can, and this is all over the web, uh, you can just write the words out. My boss, or call him by name, let's just say his name is Joe. Joe values my work enough to give me a raise. Or I would actually have to be more specific. Joe values my work enough to give me a 25% pay increase. However you want to word your specific intent. And the words are important in that you're going to be creating a physical object that is going to hold your intent. Uh, You can write out that phrase, eliminate all the vowels. The only purpose behind this is just to break it down smaller so that creating the physical object is a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. Eliminate all the double letters. And then you're left with a collection of letters. It's generally not going to be that long. There's only 26 in the alphabet. So no matter how many words you use, if you eliminate all the doubles, you're only left with a few. Then on paper, wood, whatever, again, feels right to you, you're going to design a symbol. You can be as elaborate or as plain as you want to be 
as long as it doesn't distract you from your intent. Because this needs to be in your head as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to write the letters. Get creative if you want. Mix and match. They don't have to go in any particular order. If you feel that putting those down on paper in a way that somehow symbolizes your intent, you can make it an arrow going up. You can use a dollar sign somehow. Get artistic with it if that's your thing. You can do that. Or you can just simply write the letters in some interconnected way. The important thing is that this object is receiving your intent from the physical act of creation. That's one way. Um, there are ways to use numerology and assign each letter a number. Um, it's, it's really difficult to explain on a podcast, but you can write the numbers going around in a circle, one through zero, and each letter is, corresponds to a number, and then you just connect the dots and you design a symbol that way. If <laughs> That's interesting. You, yep, I've done those as well, um, where it just felt like the way to do it. Um, you can also, if you can, and you are confident that what you're about to do is going to work, you can just use imagery, create a drawing. If, if that's your thing, the important thing is that the physical object is imbued with your intent while you're doing it. Now, that's only the first step. You've now whichever method you choose, whatever felt right to you, you've imbued this object with your intent. The next step is to release it. And again, it depends on what feels right for me more often than not. If I create a sigil, I'm going to burn it. I want that energy that's on that paper to be released into the air and expand throughout the universe so that it gets where it's going. That's how I visualize this. So in my example of mm -hmm. my boss, Joe, going to give me a raise. I'm going to burn this sigil. That energy is going up into the air and it's going to Joe. And he's going to feel that whether he knows it or not. And it's going to potentially impact. Uh, what was my phrasing there? Uh, how he sees my value. Um, I will add herbal correspondences to things when I think they're appropriate. Um, I did a sigil on for myself to be, I believe the words I broke it down to were vitality and health, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of research into various herbs and things and, and energetic correspondences and ended up with a few things. I honestly don't remember them all, but a few different herbs that I felt would contribute to that energy in the sigil. So in my case, I have a, actually have a cast iron frying pan that I use as a cauldron. <laughs> I place the sigil in there. All right actually had one of my hairs in there because I wanted me to be part of this. Um, I was trying to do something specifically to myself. And 
added the herbs, centered myself through that process of uh, basically meditation and lit it up, let it burn. Um, the ashes that were left, I just very simply dug a small hole, dumped them in, buried it over. Um, at the end, I did skip something important. Uh, when I'm trying to do anything involving anything involving the elements, I suppose, I'm looking at air as carrying this to the universe. I'm looking at fire as burning things. Um, I am reaching out to whether you want to call it the elementals or the spirits of the elements. Uh, as I'm preparing, I am reaching out and asking for their help. And when everything is done, I'm thanking them for their help. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, that was a point at which I was physically exhausted from working long hours and uh, sore knees and a bad back and all the fun stuff that comes with getting older. Mm -hmm. And for several weeks after that, I felt fantastic. Is it psychosomatic? Is it me tapping into the energy of the universe? I really don't care because it worked. Yeah, exactly. You know, whether it's psychosomatic or actual magic is they're the same thing in some ways. I mean, they really are manifestation is basically the power of positive thinking. If you kind of want to break it down really, really, really low. And at least when you're doing magic on yourself, I mean, it can be either way. And even if you're doing magic on other people, you know, like if you're doing magic for Joe to see your worth, you're probably also in real life trying to make sure that he sees your worth and that your worth is, is, you know, high. Like you're Absolutely. not trying to say, you're not saying I'm going to go be, you know, a slob at work and now I'm going to do some magic and think that it's going to make anything different. I completely agree. I mean, you still have to do, uh, it's the old adage that you can't ask to win the lotto and never buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Now I did recently do a small working for a friend of mine who is dealing with some government red tape in their life and something they need, they need to get done. And, you know, this is again, one of these things I could look at and say is coincidence. Maybe, maybe not, but, um, we did a sigil. Um, I used a particular flower that, uh, I don't know. You're familiar with trumpet vines. They're well known oh, for yeah. their ability to tear things apart and break through obstacles. If you let them grow on a fence, they will rip the fence to shreds. Yeah. Let them grow on your deck, they will tear it apart. I couldn't think of a better thing in nature that corresponds to the intent that we had was removing obstacles. And uh, we did a sigil and I burned some of the flowers from the trumpet vine as part of it while focusing on our intent to remove this red tape. 
And that was on a Friday. On the following Monday, they receive a call. It wasn't um, complete success. It wasn't, okay, what you needed is done. But instead, it was, okay, we've gone through everything that needed to be reviewed, and everything is rolling along fine. We'll let you know here shortly. Well, the obstacle was removed, exactly. which was what you did the work for. Exactly. It made me think about my intent there. I, I wanted success for this person. But in reality, what I asked for was removing the obstacles. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. And um, it kind of speaks to the specificity of what you're asking for. But it also, to me, demonstrates the the truth of this. If you want to use that word, I hate that word. But it it demonstrates the effectiveness of it. Yeah. And I think that uh, as witches, you know, in the beginning, I don't know about you, but for me in the beginning, there were plenty of times where I thought that I'm just being, I'm being a little ridiculous. I'm being a little foolish. Like this is all fun and games, but I mean, seriously, come on. But after a few things that really either they were very, very strongly coincidental or magic is real, you know, Occam's razor kind of left me on the side of, well, magic is real because yes, coincidence I is just... completely believe you on that. It, it's a question of um, this person was dealing with the Social Security office. Yeah, I figured um, that was what with, we were talking about. With an issue that started four or five days prior. And they don't move that fast. They just don't. No, they don't. And they did. So, um, you know, for me, it, I, I know what you mean about the, oh, this is silly. Why am I doing this? This is just ridiculous. And then it proves, proves that to be true. I, I honestly didn't really have to go through that. I never had these ideas taken away from me by parents or life or that sort of thing. Uh, Going back to being a young kid and, and feeling the rest of this universe out there that we don't necessarily see. um, I suppressed it through various parts of my life, but I never stopped believing it was there. Uh, I feel like I've always had that contact with this other energy. So when I decided to explore it further and actually use it, it wasn't that far a jump. But I also have a very rational, logical side to me that I can look at every single thing that worked and explain it in some other way. But again, your reference to Occam's razor you can't do things that are supposedly coincidental and line up numbers and numbers and numbers of them and still believe that it's coincidence. Right. Right. You know, for me, uh, I did um, suppress everything pretty, pretty strongly. You know, um, I guess I, Eventually, I got to a point where I rejected Christianity so firmly that 
I rejected anything that was not completely logic based, which is, you know, kind of makes sense because I'm, I'm a computer programmer, <laughs> you right. know, um, but, you know, even with programming, it's not a science, it's an art. And when I came to understand that there's more, uh, there's more going on than just A plus B equals C. Um, it allowed me to open myself up to it. But I mean, you know, I mean, I always felt like there was energy around me, but I didn't know that that's what witchcraft was. You know, I thought it was like the Hollywood stuff or the, you know, the Christian view on witchcraft. And I didn't know that just connecting to the universe and stating my intentions you know, what I wanted, I didn't know that something as simple as that was witchcraft. Right. Um, and that's, that's such a, a good point because what people conceive of as witchcraft, um, it, it's a limiting belief and it can actually hold you back from tapping into your full potential as a being in this universe. And I agree completely. Yeah, that um, that ability to open yourself up to the possibilities, um, that's something that had me really strongly digging into chaos magic and those concepts. And you know, for me, a lot of it started as a little kid reading uh, science fiction fantasy novels because all sorts of things are possible there. And when that's a steady diet, you realize that things are possible and then you start to look at the world around you differently and you see signs mm -hmm. that these things are possible and i can reconcile a lot of this with my logical brain based on what's happening in quantum physics now i yeah am by oh no my gosh an expert on that but google sends me a constant feed of these articles and luckily enough of them are dumbed down that i can actually understand them but, you know, you said A plus B equals C. Well, it doesn't always equal that in quantum physics. And I don't ask me it, to explain it. Oh, but, no, no, no. I'm a big fan of quantum, quantum physics. I can't understand most of it, like, really. Um, but that's what makes quantum physics or any quantum everything so incredible is that things don't follow the rules. Exactly. The things that they're discovering prove out the statement that nothing is true because yep. things that they believed were true are being turned on their head every time somebody discovers something new. I mean, yeah, I, like constantly. <laughs> yes. I briefly skimmed over something about quantum entanglement between two quantum particles separated by 20 something miles. And they do something to one, and it affects the other. And, it, and that is essentially teleportation. Yes, it's magic. And yeah, you know, I, there's there's a saying out there that any technology sufficiently advanced enough will just appear as magic. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, that's what we're doing. We did the first proto-human to light a fire understand that by banging those two sticks together and causing a spark that landed into tinder 
he was using friction to heat that chip of stone and light a fire through the law of thermodynamics? Of course he didn't. He knew when he banged right. those two rocks together, it lit a fire. I know exactly. when I center myself and I reach out and touch this energy, I can manipulate it to do things. I don't know how. That, that caveman didn't know how either, but it worked. I think that's uh, one of the most important things is that letting go of that need to, to know how. And that's kind of one of the hard parts about this podcast is that the desire is, is consistently to explain, but you can't really explain the unexplainable. So, yeah, I mean, that just, you know, it, I think I've said before, um, magic is, uh, oh, what did I, I just had it in my head and I just forgot something. Magic is science that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And the idea that you can explain, um, I prefer to explore. Um, yeah. I, I do it in my day-to-day -day life, uh, not in a total mundane way. Um, I love getting out and exploring what's around me, whether it's historical downtowns or, or swamps and you know, natural areas and things. And I just love to explore, but I also love to explore inside my own head as well. And a simple thing, like I wanted to find for that, uh, cutting the red tape working, uh, I wanted to find something that an herbal correspondence, something from nature that could help me with that. And all the research I could do online, really none of it lined up. There were some things that, okay, they could help you with a court case or things like that, but nothing really worked for what I was looking for. And I think if you look up trumpet vine, magical correspondence, you're going to come up empty, <laughs> but through exploring and knowing what a trumpet vine does, I see them all the time in my swamp walks and I know how it works. I know how it it lives what's better what better thing to accomplish what i wanted and that's that exploration i don't know for sure this is going to work but i'm going to try it and we're going to see and that is to me a big part of what i do um, yeah and i think sorry well the, the other thing i was going to say when I look at traditional herbal correspondences and I see, you know, go to say Llewellyn uh, or <laughs> any random blog or talk to somebody whose family has been steeped in a tradition for years, you get a lot of different ideas. Sometimes it's just a question for me of what feels right to me. Uh, but in, other other things, well, across various cultures, this particular herb has been associated with the same thing. And other people have had success with this. So I'm not throwing out rules, but this is proven to a degree. So I can believe it's going to work. And to me, that that makes sense. 
I'm exploring the past of what people have done and what has worked in the past for various people. And I'm exploring how is it going to work for me? And after it's done, I can explain how I did it. But trying to explain the generalities of things, that can be a daunting task. Yeah, it can be. And But I think that, you know, nothing is going to work if you don't have some level of belief that it will. So, and for someone else, you know, maybe I, maybe I would do something uh, to remove an obstacle and try trumpet vine. And, and it may not work for me. You know, if I don't have the right um, envisioning for it, if I don't, you know, have some level of connection to it myself, for me, it probably is not going to work. Completely um, agree. So- and, and the belief part is so critically important. You can't harness and use the energy that's around us if you are in your own way, if your yeah. beliefs are an obstacle. Um, you can't get out of your own way to even get started. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't think it's going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean doubt, that's doubt is the enemy of success. Yeah, that that's a very true statement. But and on that, note, I hate to cut this short, but we're already uh, running a little bit past our time. So let's go ahead and. Um, call it for this time, but maybe we can have another episode with you on sometime in the near future. That would be great. Um, until then, uh, do you uh, want us to share some, some links to any, any uh, sites for you? Sure. One of the things that I neglected to mention early on is um, part of my connection to nature and, and the energies that are out there. I do uh, landscape photography work and Although my photography isn't specifically spiritual, it's definitely informed by my spiritual beliefs. I like to think that my work does capture a lot of the energy and essence of what's going on out there. Um, I kept it pretty simple. Uh, my website is visionsbydanmccarthy.com and uh, Instagram, Facebook, both same thing, visionsbydanmccarthy. Um, we can take a look at my work, see if anything inspires you to get out and explore and, uh, explore the spiritual world too. At stuff underscore witchy. And on Facebook, the group is just that witchy stuff. Hey, I'd like um, to jump in and... real quick on that Facebook group. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm really not sorry. <laughs> Everybody that's listening, if you want to engage in conversation, Facebook groups are a great place to do it. And I would love to see more people jumping in there. Um, I can... I, I can really enjoy a good conversation about witchy stuff and what better place to do it than with the listeners of this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Absolutely. I All just right. find it's a great place to chat. Yeah, it is. So thanks for mentioning it. All right. Well, uh, then we will talk to you all next episode.